just because Descript kind of like runs the uh, runs the fan on my computer pretty crazy, and it gets a lot of weird background noise. So uh, okay. Logic is it, it works it, better. Yeah, it might be better too for other reasons too. You could like add reverb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can also do like the music portion all in one project. Too. Oh yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So uh, yeah, if if you want to get like fairly close, you can also like. Um, move this however you want whatever's like most comfortable okay i yeah. feel like i'm like on a radio or something yeah you are it's pretty uh, an internet radio yeah well that's true yeah something sounds kind of weird on here i might um i think there's a compressor on that we don't need right now cool i like your bernie poster um yeah do you know uh do you know Ra uh ramon uh, via lobos he's uh he's kind of a local artist the name sounds really familiar. Yeah. So he does, he's a comic artist, um, and he does all of the artwork for, um, what's it called? Um, the Stockton Con. Have you seen the Stockton Con? Right, right. Okay, yeah. that's where I know his name from. Yeah, so he does all the art for that, and he's worked for DC. He's done a lot of cool stuff, but he did that. So, yeah, shout out to Ramon. Yeah, the, like, the hand looks hella cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's Bernie playing basketball. He's, he's dunking on... Uh, on Warren or someone. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. Yeah. So every po podcast kind of starts out with um, just like me telling people how to talk in the mic, but <laughs> but it really starts with me saying that this podcast is called um, Songwriters Therapy, and I always want to ask the artist that's on, why are you on this podcast? Um, I guess I'm on this podcast because I live in Stockton. <laughs> and I've known you for kind of a while. Yeah. And uh, I'm a songwriter and I've been doing it for like over 10 years now. Yeah. And uh, it, therapy would be, is like the best way to describe what songwriting is for people, I think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's the core of what I want to like get to in most interviews. Sometimes we veer off on other just like music and songwriting related things, which is totally okay. But, but I really love, uh, I mean, that's, that's what it's always been for me. I love that aspect of songwriting, um, where it's, it's about like taking whatever it is that's inside of me, whether it's like, uh, a deep emotion or anything else and, and, uh, and releasing it into the world in some way. Yeah. A lot of times it feels like that's like the only way that I can even like tap into my emotions or it's like the way I've trained myself to be most yeah. able to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think everyone has a different way of like expressing themselves and, you know, for some visual artists, it's like, maybe it's not even what they draw, but it's the act of drawing, you know, Yeah. or, uh, you know, poets and, and any type of, I, I think I should back up and say, like, I think the creative process is a type of, of release or, or, uh, or way to like, work through internal problems you know and that's what i love about music for me that's how i do it too yeah yeah it doesn't really matter like what what form your creativity takes yeah exactly it just happens to be for me like writing yeah. songs yeah i mean um to to get like a little bit away from like art just because i don't want to like create this like oh only art is, or creativity is some way to do that but i mean for some people it's like gardening yeah, or, or doing some sort of like, or running or, you know, some people, some people work through their problems just like, I mean, outside of music for me, one thing that I love is uh, just taking a shower yeah. and like staring at like that tile up in the corner and just like thinking about everything that I need to think about. 
Yeah, or like a lot of times for me, if I am kind of like having a just kind of off day. Yeah, but not enough to like write a song about it, or I don't have the time. Cooking really helps me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It's like very calming and grounding. Yeah, yeah, and and I think um, listening to music for for some people, that's the other half of it, right? As as songwriters, we're also like absorbers. Yeah. So we, we like listen and maybe we critique more than the, the average listener because we're trying to find tools to use ourselves in our songwriting, but also to like music listeners. I think that's why, um, so many, uh, you know, fans of music will, will key in on something that really means something to them, whether it's like the sound of the music or, or, um, or the mood they're in, like maybe it's dance music and like they're in, they're in some sort of mood to move and the beat is you know really does it for them or the other half of that is like getting really deep into like songwriting and lyrics uh people really key in on like maybe one line from their favorite song or or something that really speaks to them and makes them uh you know feel not alone in the universe yeah i like i think it's really important too to remember that like as you brought up there's all these different ways that people relate to music yeah and like music can serve so many functions yes like dance music i love it mm-hmm. but it's like very separate from like a very intimate singer songwriter thing. yeah but it's they got... both just serve like their purpose and it has to be like i don't know i'm very open to like different different functions that music serve yeah or i'm always trying to be like more open to it mm-hmm. yeah you have to figure out like um the the right the right time for the right type of music because like you know there's not just one type of of music you know it's not like uh i mean with anything i guess if it was like this monocultural thing where like all music was just exactly the same in some way you know yeah. but one one band to serve all all functions that would be i don't i can't even imagine yeah i've been really <laughs> i've been really thinking about that and i don't know what the the right word for it is i keep coming back to like this monocultural type thing or, or homogenous is homogenous the right word where like everything is the same yeah i think so um, because me and some of my friends were recently like, uh, kind of like getting into this project with a songwriter and, uh, the songwriter was like super psyched about the project and, and it was really fun. It was kind of like this thing outside of what I, what I'm typically doing. And then they kind of like sent like the breakup message, like, yeah, Hey guys, I don't really want to like, you know, play with you anymore because, um, it's too different from my vision. Like I, I think what I'm going to do is just play everything myself, like do all the, do all the beats, do all the, like the bass and the guitars and stuff like that. And it's really got me thinking about like, well, I know there's a lot of musicians that I love that have done that and have put out some like really great, like solo albums where they play everything. And that's really interesting. I, it really started bumming me out about this, like homogenization, homogenization of music where like, what if everything was the same? And you didn't have, uh, you know, these different people in a group, you know, three or four people that put their opinion into a song and make it a better version than if just that one songwriter was doing it. Yeah. That's something I've been thinking a ton about recently in the last like year or two. Yeah. Just like, because I kind of have always, in terms of like writing songs, Mm -hmm. I've always approached it from like a very personal. Yeah. I played in bands. I played in like the Stockton band Satan Riders. Yeah, for a long I love time. Satan Riders. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And uh, the band I'm in now, Baseball Greg, it's always like the songs 
are primarily written by like one person yeah and then we kind of like bring them Mm -hmm. and like get them fleshed out by other people yeah and sometimes especially this used to happen to me where like i had a stronger idea of what i wanted like the whole thing to sound like yeah and it can be hard to like let go of that Mm -hmm. yeah definitely but but it's also like really important to remember that like other people have or like music's hard to it's hard to like talk about it and rationalize it yeah yeah so when you're like trying to to share with other people Mm -hmm. they're like they're like you really have to like let go and trust them yeah to let them take over but then when you do that like the end result is ultimately like way way more like well like music you send it out in the world and yeah. people listen to it. It's not yeah. for you. Exactly. It's for like a it's for an community audience. or an yeah. audience. So yeah. like letting more people input into it is like a wider perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of like this bell curve thing where like you get too many people and it does get like uh, songwriting by committee. But yeah. <laughs> but I found that like, and, and I've been the same way. It's always been like um, for, you know, the person in the band who sings it, they're normally the one who like initially writes the song. But um, one of the things that I've really loved about the band that I've been in for probably the last, you know, I think me, Mike and Oscar have been playing together for at least 12 years now. Um, wow. they always surprise me with what they come up with for my songs. Like I'll come to them with like guitar and vocals and then they write their parts. And it's, it's like, I could, I could write like lead guitar and, and bass part. And I have for some songs, you know, we, we switch off instruments and stuff, but I, it just like, they always make my songs better. And like, without them, I would be incomplete now, you know, like I could never imagine a world where I wasn't like collaborating in some way. Cause, um, you know, when I've tried to sit down at garage band or something and like write a song by myself at the end, I'm like, scrap this, get the guys in here. Cause it's not, it's not going to be good without them in my opinion. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way. I need like other people to make it feel complete now. Yeah. Like, I yeah. can't get the last, I can't finish everything and yeah. polish it and have it be something that I'm going to be satisfied with without yeah. other people's input. Something that you want to share with the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I was listening to, uh, to like your newest album on, uh, on Spotify calendar. Yeah. Um, and I, I realized that like looking at the playlist of all the songs together now, like, like every song has some sort of collaborator that's kind of like outside of the band. Is that correct? uh i'm not sure if every song does but we like tried that was like one thing while working on it was yeah. like we wanted to get as many people kind of involved in the collaboration as, pro- yeah. as possible yeah that was so it was so cool and and like surprising to me to see that I, and yeah I, I guess i misspoke i didn't seem like every track but a lot of them were you know i i saw some some i mean definitely all the names i didn't really recognize because maybe i i had none of them be- before but what i love about that is like now i've listened to all of the songs and as like a piece and i'm like i'm gonna look up this person because this song is tight you know yeah that's another good thing about like featuring stuff is yeah. it's like uh in terms of like band marketing or whatever however mm-hmm. shitty that is like yeah it helps it helps get the word out about bands that i think are really good and people who have like really good voices and yeah yeah well you're creating a network of support and yeah. I, I think that's what the music community should be about and i think that's an important part of what I feel is like this new renaissance for music, right. That's happening right now. And like, even in the Stockton area, it's happening where in the past, I feel like it was a, like my band against that band. Yeah. And I don't think it should be like that way. Like I want to feature someone from this band and collaborate and play shows with that band, just support them with what they want to do. Right. I don't think it has to be a competition. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that that's actually like stifling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. For yourself as, as well as others. Yeah. Yeah. So like how, um, how did the, the writing process happen with like, um, with the new record for baseball grade, bringing in some of these like outside collaborators? Um, the writing process for this last album has been like probably more chaotic than it ever has been yeah because some of the songs like there's a song on there that i originally wrote when i was like 15 wow that's awesome yeah so it was like 11 years ago it was like Mm -hmm. one of the first songs i ever wrote yeah uh and and then there's like songs on there that i wrote like or that were written like months before we released them Mm -hmm. yeah so the it's hard to really like synthesize everything yeah yeah it's a very wild approach yeah most of the songs like we wrote them and then we would like record demos mm-hmm. and contact whoever we wanted to be featured on it yeah and, like send them the demos and then they'd either like sing or like play guitar mm-hmm. or do some production stuff mm-hmm. or and one of the songs we like sent a song with like a blank verse nice and we asked uh my friend cooper from mediocre cafe he mm-hmm. like wrote and sang his verse that's awesome um yeah that was cool let i don't know it was kind of just dependent on like what the song needed and what was Mm -hmm. missing and yeah how we could get people involved yeah so um how long have you been doing baseball greg like five years we started in like we started recording stuff or writing songs in like spring of 2014 oh wow and so about six years now Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's awesome um like what's uh so the the core of the band is like you and luca correct yeah, yeah uh like can you tell me a little bit about that relationship and and what it's like writing uh like being this like songwriting duo with someone yeah definitely well so uh i guess it's probably most important to say luca lives in italy yeah and he always has <laughs> uh i did like a study abroad program there mm-hmm. and so i lived there for a year and i met his girlfriend in a math class i took <laughs> and then we became like all really good friends i was actually talking to them this morning before i came over here that's awesome uh and then like a month before i left we just kind of decided to like record some songs together Mm -hmm. we had recorded like a few things for fun throughout the year but we like decided to make a little ep Mm -hmm. so we spent like the last couple months i was there in all our free time working on that and Mm -hmm. then we finished it all up and it was just kind of we didn't really have plans to like keep the project going or anything yeah but then the we like found two labels to put them out on tapes just Mm -hmm. little tape runs yeah and then the summer afterwards he flew out here and stayed in california for a month and we like recorded an album and it became our album vacation and then that ended up doing like pretty good when we put it on the internet i still (laughs) don't know how yeah because it seems like impossible but somehow it did pretty good yeah and and so then we just kept we were like, okay, well, let's just roll with this. <laughs> Keep doing it, yeah. And then, yeah, it's been cool. He's like really, he has a very different approach to music than I do. Yeah. I always just like learned music by playing it, basically. Mm-hmm. I never like really took lessons. I was like in a guitar class in middle school, but it was very much like do-it-yourself kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but he like, when he was younger, he like played piano and like a... a like a conservatory is that what it's called yeah i think that's a name for a place that you could play piano <laughs> yeah like he took like lessons and yeah. like had like schooling and training kind of for a few years sure and his like dad is really into music mm-hmm. so 
Whereas like I'm the only person in my family that's like really into music. Mm -hmm. So he has probably like a way more like systematic approach to songwriting yeah. or just like he knows like theory kind of stuff. Yeah. And I've learned a lot from writing with him, but I think because of that, he's also able to like, I can like send him a demo and he can like understand it really well. That's awesome. Cause he has like that kind of background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you guys are demoing songs, uh, before you bring in anyone else from the outside, what, like, what is the setup? Like what instrumentation do you guys normally do between the two of you and, and like lyrics and, and vocals and all of that stuff? What's the, like, you know, there's nothing, nothing written or recorded yet to a song is like in a demo state. Uh, I usually demo songs by recording them. Yeah. I'll like, I'll just like start like playing drums or like making a drum pattern on mm -hmm. the computer and just like playing like some, it just is really chaotic every time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll be like, oh, I want to play a guitar. Yeah. Or like, I want to play a keyboard or mm -hmm. I want to play a bass. I just, I don't really have like a method. I don't think. Yeah. Or that's like. Nothing is set in stone. Yeah. yeah. There's no like, uh, like first I do this and then I do this. Yeah. I usually it. start with drums, I think. Oh, cool. Cool. It, it seems like easier to mm -hmm. get a groove kind of. Yeah. If I start with drums. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I can't say how Luca does it at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just, he just sends you a demo and you're like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll send him a demo. Uh-huh. And um at this point like if I send him a demo and it's not good, mm -hmm. he'll like tell me, which yeah. is nice. You yeah. need someone to do that. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> um do you guys use uh like a a particular program that you you like to send like just like the logic file or the garageband file or something? Yeah, we both record on logic. Nice. Um I'll usually send him the whole project on mm -hmm. either like we transfer or yeah. like google drive or whatever yeah yeah or i'll cool. usually just send him like a an mp3 of the song first mm -hmm. and then if he's like oh yeah like i want to work on this then i'll send it to him yeah um when you're when you're like creating songs or demos do you typically do the music first and then write lyrics to whatever uh, the the final uh you know like structure is yeah i do usually mm -hmm. um so i'll like i'll like write a song or like i'll just start usually with like a loop that'll be mm -hmm. like a verse or a chorus yeah i don't know which yet yeah and then the music tells you whether it's a verse or chorus yeah yeah and then i'll like write another part to be <laughs> the other part the other thing that's missing and just kind of put stuff together and then yeah. like if it sounds good it does and if mm -hmm. i'm not satisfied i'll just like try again or something yeah yeah and then definitely. once i have some some sort of arrangement in Mm -hmm. like chord progression i'll try to write vocals yeah and sometimes it's really easy and sometimes it's like impossible yeah it takes like months to get the the words out yeah i'm also not like the greatest singer and so like i feel like if you're a really good singer you can like sit down and make your voice do what you want it to do yeah for <laughs> and sure and then it's easier to figure out something that sounds good where i have to like like I'll have an idea in my head mm -hmm. sometimes, not always. And then even just getting it to be like intelligible when it comes out of my throat is yeah. like not always there. Yeah. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I don't want to pivot too much away from like baseball Greg and that process, but um, 
can can we maybe like back up in your life a little bit and and can you talk a little bit about um what inspired you to become a songwriter in the first place and like you know picking up guitar for the first first time like you mentioned you come from a family where like no one else is really like doing music so if you could maybe tell me that story yeah of course um i had a neighbor who like he's like i'm the youngest in my family and he's Mm -hmm. like my older sister's age cool he used to like babysit me (laughs) after school that's awesome his family is like more musical and he like he was like in eighth grade Mm -hmm. like watching babysitting me when i was like in second or third grade wow and he like played guitar and was like into that so Mm -hmm. i was like whoa like that's tight and then he kind of taught me how to play guitar a little bit um and then we would like play uh we would play covers of like all american reject songs oh nice yeah yeah i think the first song i learned was swing 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 oh my god that song is so good (laughs) man i loved uh that was like my you know i i wasn't a huge all american rejects fan but like pop punk was like what did it for me that's what got me into music was like i kind of liked blink 182 because they're on the radio and i was like yeah blink 182 is awesome and then i remember listening to quad and this dj i think i've told this story in the podcast before sorry to anyone <laughs> but some dj was like this band is like blink 182 and i was like i like blink 182 and it was newfound glory oh and then after yeah. that it was just like all right what bands have played with or toured with newfound glory those are the bands i want to listen to yeah that's all american sense. rejects is one of them we probably had a very similar like entry point into yeah. music then yeah definitely because yeah i kind of like took off from there and then when you get really into it you find out like there's all like the weird like grindcore yeah that's like yeah you start going to local shows you go to local shows like i remember when i was that age getting into pop punk and it's like you know this is just like it's like rock with a metal it's not even punk really you know it's just like good melodic rock right um and uh and i loved all those bands and then i would be like okay well i'm gonna go see this local show and like this band uvr which is like a a pop punk local band they were playing so i'd go to their shows and you go to more and more shows and you go to like see betty rage which is was like a local punk band that was a little more punk but still like very melodic and then i remember going to like shows at seaford center and there was this grindcore band from like fresno called eat shit and kill yourself i remember that (laughs) yeah and i was like (laughs) it just blew me away i was like i just listened to 20 minutes of noise and i don't know what like like 13 year old me doesn't know what to think about it yeah that's yeah i loved it when i was like 13 i was like yeah i love this yeah i don't know if i could watch a whole like 20 minutes of that now yeah well i mean the thing about it now or i don't know if shows are like this but like there was a point when i really was like i do not want to go to hardcore or grindcore or any type of core shows because they were like a five-hour show of just like blaring noise which like I I really appreciate and and love noise and like all forms of like hard music now when I can like listen to it at home for like five or ten or twenty minutes but um, you know just like the wear that it had on my body at the time it was really hard to absorb for long long periods of time and they used to do those marathon like shows yeah they'd be like all day long yeah all day long somewhere in like the outskirts of lodi yeah and like i think just the volume of those shows yeah like i wish i mean you kind of need it to be loud yeah exactly yeah but i wish it could be quieter yeah i don't want to be like an old guy about it and i know like my band is a loud band like and um 
And I love that. I love playing for like, you know, 40 minutes really loud. But then I'm like, all right, now I got to take a break for a couple months, you know? Yeah. I have pretty bad tinnitus. So yeah. it's like really annoying too. And going mm. to like a loud show, like yeah. afterwards, my ears will just be ringing for like really loudly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I feel like um, I'm getting to the point, like, it's like, okay, we're, we're kind of like old guys playing music. And we're at the point where there's, we have certain like old guy things where it's like, you know, you want your gear to be a certain way and set up a certain way and you're learning things. But we haven't got to the point where it's like, now we've learned how to play quiet yet. Like I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> That's like one of my goals. Yeah. I went and saw this. Have you heard of the, the songwriter Andy Schaff? The name sounds familiar, but I don't think I'm too familiar with him. I went and saw him play in uh, Sacramento the other day mm-hmm. at Harlow's. And like, it was one of the best sounding shows I'd ever seen. Yeah. And they but they were all like playing really quietly. Yeah. And I was like, "Whoa, maybe that's the key." Yeah, my favorite <laughs> shows have been quiet. And like, you know, I'd actually I'd love for my band to be quieter. Um but uh, you know, right now we have three guitarists and a bassist and everyone just loves to crank it cuz you want to get that tone, you know. Yeah. Um so we're still working on it. There's something nice about being loud, too. Yeah. You can't get like the same energy if you're playing quiet. Yeah, yeah. I love just like rocking out and uh, yeah, you know, jumping around and going crazy. And like, I, I hope I always will like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'll always be a part of us, I believe, mm-hmm. no matter how, how much we become the old guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I think the 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 hope is like you, um, you learn and, and always become a better person, but maybe not commit the sins of the generation before you. Yeah. Maybe we're committing new sins and stuff, you know, um, and hopefully the next generation does better than we do. But um, yeah, I, you know, there's certain things I never want to be like that weird dad band that has like the wireless rig, you know? Oh, <laughs> I, that shit is really weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I don't need a crate full stack and a wireless rig to play at, like, one and a half. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I already have, like, a, a too loud amp that I'm, like, can't put past three, you know? Yeah, the kind of, like, gear dad that has really, really nice stuff for yeah, kind gear of dad. no reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I say that as we sit in, like, my gear room. <laughs> yeah, this place is tight. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, so... Uh, you you kind of learned how to play guitar from from this neighbor friend and would play play covers and stuff with, with him how did that translate into like putting pen to paper and like writing some lyrics and a melody to to whatever chords you were playing yeah so uh then i mean he was like a lot older than me so mm-hmm. like it wasn't like he like you know he went to high school and i was still in like fifth grade yeah so we weren't like super close in the dust. <laughs> yeah but i just kind of like played guitar every once in a while still when i was yeah. younger I think my parents like bought me a cheap guitar for my like 12th birthday or something. Yeah. And then, uh, when I was in high school, I just like met other kids who were interested in music mm-hmm. who are actually like people. I'm still really good friends with like John Steiner from boy Romeo. Yeah. Yeah. And like my friend Eli Wangren, you know, mm-hmm. Eli, right? Yeah. I know Eli. Yeah. yeah. He's in a band called like basic haircuts mm-hmm. and this band confident Hitmakers. Oh, I didn't know he was in a band right now. I was going to ask about Eli they're like uh um well basic haircuts is like his recording project mm-hmm. and then this band confident hitmakers i'm not sure if they've they're like trying to get to play some shows mm-hmm. but they put out an album last year that's like really tight nice i'll look that up yeah it's called yeah. thank you brian I yeah love it. i would so, suggest it sidetrack a little bit from like the the like journey of uh of you learning but um 
Eli did the artwork for all of the the singles for Calendar. Right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, he's like an amazing visual artist. Yeah, I like so I was on your Bandcamp last night too because I was trying to like I was like I I should like look up credits and stuff for yeah. for this uh, podcast and um and then you link to his like personal website and I'd never been to his personal website and it is so tight. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, like I always, I'd seen a lot of his art over the years here and there, but like, um, I like prof- professionally, I build things for the internet. I don't know how to say like what I do because I do a lot of different things for that, but I love web design and his, his website is like this brutalist art website and it just like blew me away. I was like, like super in love with it and a little bit jealous that like I <laughs> like for different reasons, jealous that he did something so cool and uh, that I just hadn't seen it before. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, it's like uh, Eli consistently does stuff, just anything he does where like he like just seeing it brings mm-hmm. me so much joy. It's yeah. Like really incredible. Yeah. I love, actually I love that feeling when you're, when people who you're friends with surprise you with something wonderful that they have done. And it's like, it's a little, I don't know. I don't want to say it's parental, but it's like, you're so proud, happy in love with your friends, you know? Yeah. I, I get that way when, you know, my friends are visual artists or musicians or whatever, and they put out something rad. And I just like, I just want to like talk about it and and love it so much. Yeah, it's like it it's such a nice feeling to have mm-hmm. somebody else around you doing something that's like so inspiring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um I like I feel I feel super lucky to have like met a lot of very creative people over like the past like, you know, since I've been in like middle school, high school that have like consistently impressed me over the years and and also get to see their growth and like I just I don't know if everyone gets to experience that. I feel like some of that for me has to do with the fact that I was always into like trying to play music and go to shows. And so you meet a lot of these creative people and it would just be such a bummer if like not everyone has that experience. Not that everyone has to have the same experience as me, but like I just hope that everyone has like uh, friend groups that they're proud of. Yeah, like yeah. people around them that are inspiring to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I and think it, some people don't, and it's yeah. kind of tragic. I was gonna say, and if they don't like come, come join like our friend group. Like everyone is welcome. Yeah, if, and extended friend groups. Just, uh, I have to force myself to. Sometimes I'll like kind of get in my own head about just like life and the world. Yeah, and it's hard to like reach out to other people and stuff. Yeah, music's I, a good way to do that, though. Yeah, I feel like that's the other half of like of being a creative, though. Like, I I go on this like this like tangent about like we're all in love with each other and we all want to hang out and do great things, but then there's like me sitting and watching the same thing on Netflix again for like three months straight and and skipping the open mic night that I say I'm gonna go to and like not going to the show and like literally like I've thought about asking you to be on this podcast for the past three months since I started <laughs> it and uh. And I haven't like reached out to you be- and like also I haven't released an episode in like two weeks and I used to try to do it weekly because of just like that internal, uh, I, I don't know what to call it. Like I call it laziness to be a, be a joke, and, but it's not, it's a little bit of anxiety. Yeah. And it's of like, even though like we've had real, every time I've hung out with you and talked to you, we've had really great interactions and not you specifically, but like other people who have had great in- interactions with, but you just get that anxiety of like, what if maybe they don't like me for some reason and they're just being nice to me? Right. Like, 
that's a real fear. I feel like a lot of creatives have that too. Just that, that anxiety of like, am I actually, am I actually liked? Do people actually like the things that I make? Uh, like, are, are they only, are they only being nice and saying this is good or, or listening because I asked them to listen or something like that? Yeah. I mean, I've had that similar fear. I could tell you that I actually genuinely like hanging out with you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's like real that, uh, like sometimes those thoughts just make it really hard to like get out of your Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's, there's this thing, um, in music, sometimes people see people who can play on stage as like, oh, they must have a lot of confidence or they must have an ego or something like that. And maybe maybe that's something that we're putting on. But I, I think that like every single person that I've had sit here and talk to me and people that I've just had conversations with at shows that are, are musicians or creatives have some form of, form of like anxiety or little voice in their head that tells them like, you know, don't do that thing. They'll all laugh at you, you know. <laughs> I think actually one of the first shows I ever played might have been a jerk indie fest. Oh, really? I uh, can't really remember. Yeah, I think Satan Riders may have played one of the jerk indie fests. I know we did play at least one. Yeah. And I, I know the first show I ever played was like a big kind of like festival kind of thing at Plea for Peace Center. Yeah. But I don't remember if they were like the same. Was it with Satan Riders or was it, it was with, with Satan band? Riders? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, did you play? Uh, you played guitar in Satan Riser. I played drums. You played drums. Okay, I was trying to remember because I was like, okay, John was in Saint Riders, Eli was in Saint Riders, and then I was the and drummer. You were. Was there no bassist? John played bass. John played bass. And okay, Eli played guitar. All right, cool. Yeah, I always forget because like I've seen John play every single instrument at some point in some band. Well, that's tight. Yeah, like well, I mean, I I remember a very like young John maybe still in high school, maybe at Plea for Peace, uh, doing something where he just played drums by himself and sang, and maybe there were loops or he had a guitar making like things and pedals. And I was like, like this guy is thinking outside of the box, you know? <laughs> um, and it's been so cool to see, see him do different things. And um, uh, Boy Romeo, like, that uh i think it's an ep but the the record um it's kind of like a light color trying to remember what it's called i think it's his most recent one he just put one out actually like last week yeah not that one the one before the one before it's called shorts yeah it's so good and i i bought a copy of it um when they played in oakland you guys were you did you play bass at that show i was playing keyboard for like a little bit oh okay um i also might have just been hanging out there yeah well i think you guys actually played i think he he played bass for you oh yeah for baseball greg it was at some oh, place oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah at uh was it at orion's show yeah orion's yeah, okay. show um yeah and uh man everything was just so good that night i bought a I bought a vinyl but i lost it because i brought oh, the no. pa to that show and i was like packing stuff up Whoa. so it's either in a box somewhere that I haven't found or it's at that like uh, uh, co-working space that we played in or that you guys played in. Right. Yeah. Well, that sucks. I'm sorry. But it was an awesome album. That, <laughs> that long story short, sorry t- about the tangent, but it, that album is so good. And uh, yeah, I just want to love Von John a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. His new album is amazing too. Yeah. I haven't had it. I haven't checked that out. I yeah, definitely it's should. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to John. 
why did I bring them up again? Oh, we were talking about like the first show you ever played might have been a jerk indie show. Oh, yeah. yeah. And just like going back to feeling anxious about stuff. Like, yeah. I remember playing that show and feeling completely mortified. Yeah. Like even afterwards, like the mm. whole day. Was it on the big stage or the small stage? It was in the small room. Okay. But I was like really young and Mm -hmm. we didn't really have anything. We weren't well prepared for the show. Yeah. And like, I was just like an embarrassed teenager. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, and like now getting on stage, there's still that feeling, that kind of anxiety before. I'm just more used to it. Yeah. But I did see like, I played a show in September with, uh, like the opening band. It was this girl named Haley, I actually was her substitute teacher for a long time. That's cool. And she's like still in high school and she was like, su- I could just tell she was like super nervous on stage. Yeah. And then like afterwards she like, she said something. I was like, good job. Like that was a great show. And she was like, how do you like not be so nervous? And I was just like, you just like, it gets easier. Yeah. It, it gets easier, but you still get nervous. Yeah. 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 yeah the nervousness doesn't go away. Yeah. Or like it gets less. But yeah, it's exactly. Still there. I, I think also like for me, I found that the more time in between playing shows, I do the, you know, getting back into it, I get more nervous. You know, um, for a long time when I was living in the Bay Area, we were only playing like one show a year. Yeah. Um, and so I was always nervous when I'd have to get up there and sing. And then I was playing in this other band that would like I joined this other band uh, that I was playing bass in, and I play. We played shows like twice a week or more and it was like grueling but it like it kind of like pushed that nervousness like into like a lower size inside of me because I was just like forced to go on even though I didn't have to sing it was like forced to go on stage like so much or not on stage but in front of a bunch of people yeah and uh and that really helped and I realized it was like oh man like just like anything else playing in front of people you're practicing something at that point and and you know it's different than just sitting in the room and practicing your guitar. You're practicing another muscle, and that muscle like, has to do with your anxiety. <laughs> yeah, it's just like practicing being on display, kind of. Yeah, which sounds I, weird. But. Yeah, it does sound weird. <laughs> but I don't know. And when you play that much, like, like we went on tour last year, and it was like two and a half weeks where we played like every day. You know? Yeah. Like it stopped. It just starts to feel like normal. You're just like. Yeah. You're like, it's just feels like another part of your day when you're on stage Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool that's cool what was like the coolest place you played in on tour um we played this house show in austin that was like really cool Mm -hmm. because every band was like amazing it was put on by this blog called fluff Mm -hmm. and like uh we played with this band pecus which we actually featured the singer from that band Mm -hmm. on our album that's like where we met them Mm -hmm. and then this this uh singer named tasha played and she's really amazing too yeah that's awesome it was just like that was cool and san diego was super fun too yeah yeah i'm uh i'd love to play austin someday it's it's kind of been on my like bucket list um i don't know if i'll ever do a tour again like when i was young we did a couple tours and some other bands that i was in like have you ever heard of philbert Oh yeah, hell yeah. Like Philbert's when I was in, a classic. Yeah, I was in Philbert for a little bit, and I did two tours with them, and it was so fun. And we were at the right age, but I just feel like now, at this point in my life, um, like I could never do like a long, a longer tour. Yeah. Uh, but I want to like I want to do things where I'm able to like go like vacation shows or something. Right. But um, 
so this guy Sean is playing in Los Beekeepers right now, as you saw the other night. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and he's moving to Austin actually this summer. I actually knew that because Madeline told me. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, he's moving to Austin and, uh, and we're trying to get as many shows under our belt until then. But I was like, okay, once he moves though, we should all go out to Austin and play, yeah, and play yeah. a show out there. Austin's cool from my experience. Yeah. Uh, we're going back actually in a couple of weeks. Oh, cool. So that'll be tight. Um, is that, uh, is South by Southwest coming up? Yeah. We're going for that. And that's why nice. we were there last year too. Oh, cool. Uh, cool. and yeah, it's in like, we're leaving on March 13th. Nice. So it's like in a couple of weeks. That's awesome. The whole band is going out. Um. Yeah. Just well, there's just four of us now. Mm-hmm. Uh. In the California version of it. Yeah. So yeah. we're driving in like my car. It's gonna be intense. That's cool. <laughs> so um, I know sometimes like Luca, your like partner in crime here, uh, like he's come out, and I think I've maybe seen him perform with you. It's possible. Out here. Um, but. Uh, so there's like the California version and then does he do to, like stuff in Europe and Italy? Yeah. He has like a band that he plays with in Italy also. And do they play the same songs, but like their interpretation? Yeah. So, well, like they don't really play cause we, we like record the songs first Yeah, and we don't play like exactly the same set list, yeah. but like a lot of the same songs. Yeah. That, yeah. That's so cool. It's such a, a trip, um, to have this like multi-continental, band <laughs> yeah it's happened before where like we've played a show in california the same night that they're playing in italy oh my god so like if you just look on the internet it like doesn't make any sense yeah you guys should uh like specifically do something like to time it where uh, one of you would have to play like a, a morning show or something where you're yeah. playing the same time and there's like a live stream <laughs> even though like you can't sync that up time wise but like just a video like video projected behind you them playing video projected behind them california uh, playing <laughs> Sorry, just my mind going like, what could you do with this? We had a really weird experience where, so John from Mm -hmm. Boy Romeo used to play bass. Yeah. And he lives in Chicago now, but we played a show, we played at a festival in Iceland in November and like John came from Chicago Mm -hmm. and I came from California and then Luca and the drummer came from Italy. That's so cool. And John and the drummer had like never met. Mm-hmm. And the drummer doesn't like really speak very good English and John doesn't speak any Italian. Yeah. So like they couldn't even really talk to each other, but they were like playing a show together. <laughs> That's so cool, man. Uh, yeah. I was actually going to ask about uh, the Iceland thing next about how like that experience was, but that's so cool. Yeah. It was a, uh, it was a really wild. Should I just t- talk about it? <laughs> if you have, yeah. Anything else would be awesome. Um, it was really wild. Yeah. I like went, and I was only there for like 40 hours. Oh my gosh. And then, and it was like a, I think like an 18 hour flight to get there because <laughs> I had to like do a layover and stuff. Yeah. And then on the way home, my flight got canceled. Oh so no. So it took me like another like 40 hours to get home. Mm-hmm. Like I was spending way more time. More time in traveling. travel than even there. Yeah. Yeah. So you, did you guys like get to practice before you went on or did you guys just go on stage and play uh yeah we didn't I, we did like a um like a kind of we didn't have a drum set mm-hmm. uh john had his bass mm-hmm. i had a guitar and luca had a guitar so we did like a kind of like living room yeah practice where yeah. the drummer was like hitting the couch so you guys kind of knew the you know just could sync up a little bit before the the show yeah yeah and they're both really good musicians so they yeah. like we're able to like 
pick up on it and mm-hmm. they know the songs so it went yeah. really well it went yeah. well it was cool that's awesome yeah I, I think that like one of the benefits of like recording before you perform things live you have that template um that you can kind of like when when new musicians come into the mix like they're like okay i know where the changes are i know like the basic like the key of the song the chords of the song and and now we could just go play yeah that's kind of how i tend to like teach people stuff Mm -hmm. or like i'll kind of like tell them the chords yeah and they'll like listen to the song and then i let them do like whatever they want i'm very like hands off yeah yeah because i think it just makes it better to like let them add their personality yeah that's that's one of my favorite things uh like bringing in new people especially like when you have like a, a different guitarist come in and play with with you um you can like give them the recording and tell them the chords and be like, you know, this is this is how the song changes and stuff. But like, surprise me with what you might come up with it. Like, what's your interpretation of the same song? Yeah, like they add their own personality to it. Yeah, that's what I've been really enjoying playing with Sean because we've been playing these songs for like three or four years now um, that we're we're doing now mostly, and uh, and it's just been really refreshing hearing like a new take on them. Like, well, when we've been practicing or even at at show at the show. Um, that we just played, I'll like look over and be like, that that was unexpected. That's so cool to hear that different version of this. Yeah, it keeps it fresh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's super sure. cool. And if it's fresh for you, then mm-hmm. like it is fresh for the audience. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, for like the new album or even like any any song that you've, you've written, um, can you maybe tell me about uh, something that you really is like, you're really proud of what you've written and it maybe is like meaningful in like a deep way trying to like be vague enough with the question to let you choose whatever you want to say but also like try to try to get a little bit deep with like something that you've written if there's any like song that comes to mind okay uh i mean there's like some songs that i've written that are like super based off personal experience yeah yeah and like sometimes even like helping me like understand who i am mm-hmm. kind of it's like a self-exploration of yourself yeah and then there's other songs that are totally not about me at all mm-hmm. like based on observations of other people or like just yeah kind of invented things mm-hmm. and i don't know i mean i guess from like the therapeutic song therapy perspective like sure. the, the personal songs are more probably geared towards that yeah and have probably helped me like be um yeah like just be more like relaxed with who i am and stuff Mm -hmm. um i'm trying to think there's like a few songs that come to mind i've like have like songs about like feeling super depressed yeah which are i feel like weird about those songs actually kind of because yeah like it's like uh, exploration or like mm-hmm. i think it's important to process those feelings and to be able to like put them into words yeah but sometimes like then you keep like revisiting those feelings yeah and, and you have to do it in front of people too yeah which in a way is nice because it's yeah. like it, it's important to be able to tell people like what that feels like mm-hmm. because part of the reason why like depression feels so bad is because it feels isolating you know yeah yeah for sure so if you can like you have to communicate that to feel better Mm -hmm. so it's good like practice yeah definitely but but at the same time like 
So there's something about songwriting. I tend to like things that are very, like I'll take a feeling that isn't that strong mm-hmm. and like in the, in the process of writing the song, I'll like exaggerate it because yeah. it's like interesting mm-hmm. to have it be more extreme. And that's, yeah. I, th- I think it's still like good to do it, but it's something I think about a lot, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I have like kind of a similar experience where in, in some of my songs, especially like my last album that I did the song raise for, it was called total bummer. Like we finally just put it out on vinyl, but it's yeah, been, it's been around. Thank test. you. It's been around for like, you know, it's been out for like two years, but, um, everything's a process you know but uh on that record specifically like there's this thing that i struggle with throughout it that is like i always say like i i don't know if i've ever been like fully like like suicidal or or anything but i've had this feeling of like i don't want to be alive oh yeah you know and and i feel like in writing about that i've maybe amplified it to the to the point where like some like a few friends here or there like even my mom who might have read the lyrics online was like are you okay like do we need to talk and like i don't you you don't know how to like approach that always it's like yeah i'd love to talk but like i I am okay like you don't have to worry about me you know yeah especially because like then songs are taken out of their like like there's a certain part of songwriting sometimes where i'll like be writing a song and i'll just get like really emotional Mm -hmm. i'll be like crying or something while i'm writing you know (laughs) Uh, which is cool, but, and it's a good way to process it. But then like, you kind of take those feelings outside of that, like temporal space, Mm -hmm. which is maybe not always a good thing. Yeah. Like, or like, it's hard to like, let them like, like you feel the emotions and then you don't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't like let them pass in a way that I kind of wish that they could. Yeah. Um, kind of holding on to them for ever because you've like time capsuled them and you revisit the time capsule yeah yeah but i also think i've been trying just to like think less about that because it can feel when you think too much about that like it can like kind of block you up too yeah yeah, i think it's better to write about it or get it out of you Mm -hmm. yeah totally um there's one song on the new album that i just have to say like how much i love it uh and i the name is like i'm getting it mixed up i think it's pleasure and pain yeah that's the that one right that i'm thinking about with like in terms of talking about feeling depressed yeah yeah definitely i mean that's probably why i identified <laughs> it with it but yeah just like like beyond the the content i just think that like you have some like very clever word choices which is one of my favorite things about songwriters outside of like um the feelings and emotions that are attached to music but just being like very clever mechanically and like um like uh, there's this pairing of like, and I forget the order of it, like uh, waking up and like the word fuck. Yeah. And like, first of all, I just love like the word fuck in, <laughs> in lyrics because it's such a strong word. Um, but I don't know the pairing of those words because I, I just love things that don't quite rhyme, but also do where it's like maybe they don't have the last like the last syllable is the same, but they have this like a uh, sound in it, you know? Yeah. Like fuck doesn't actually rhyme with up. up. Yeah. But it works so well, you know? Um, and also like you kind of mix things like there's like wake up and fuck and then there's like fucked up that people say a lot. I don't know. There's just like things, oh, that, yeah. things about <laughs> words that like float around in my head that maybe only I'm making associations with it. But I just love listening to like uh, interestingly mechanic lyrics. And I really appreciated that about that song. Plus like the whole like 
the the feelings and the the like kind of like depression coding on that song was like uh hit close to home for me oh well i'm glad that you felt something yeah yeah. (laughs) i mean isn't that the like i don't i don't i don't think there's like a a point there's no one point to songwriting but that's definitely one of the things that that is like important to me in songwriting not just as a songwriter but as like an a listener uh you find something that like touches people in in like a, a good way an emotional way um as well as getting that yourself out of songwriting you know you're able to put those feelings down onto something yeah i think like it's hard to be open about those experiences or like mm-hmm. to be when you're feeling hella depressed to like tell somebody like honestly how you're feeling it feels hard yeah but it's good to like if somebody else can hear it and relate to it it probably makes their feelings feel less like uh like like the thing that's coming to my head is like misery loves company but that's not exactly what i want to say yeah i know i know what you're saying though like i always get this thing is like maybe they feel not so alone in the world you know yeah it makes your own feelings feel more manageable if you know that like other people are feeling them as well yeah and and also one thing about like depression and, and maybe I shouldn't say it's not this like feeling aloneness. It's, it's more of like, um, feeling weird for feeling alone or feeling weird for feeling depressed. And when, when someone else says something, especially in musical form where you're like, Oh, like this person who I don't even know is singing about something that is very similar to what I'm thinking about. Maybe I'm not so weird. Yeah. It's normal. Yeah. Like, it normalizes it's, it. Yeah. It's, bad to feel that way like obviously i don't yeah. want, i don't yeah. want anybody to feel depressed <laughs> yeah ever but if you do feel depressed like it's it's not because like you're a freak yeah it's like, yeah exactly it's like very understandable <laughs> yeah for sure cool um yeah i think uh, i think we're actually coming up on like a good a good time to okay. uh play some songs would you be down to to play something yeah i'm a little bit sick so i hope that i can sing yeah but we could try if if I'll it doesn't yeah. if you're not happy with it we'll figure something else out um okay it can but, be like kind of fucked up too <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's the point of of like the performance section of of this show is like it's you know it's the it's the the stripped down version of whatever it is you want to do cool yeah um before we do that like um can you maybe tell whoever's listening to this podcast like where they might be able to like find and interact with you internet or or elsewhere oh yeah uh we're on instagram Uh, i think we're just called baseball greg on there i don't run the instagram so i don't really know (laughs) uh we're on like twitter and facebook uh in terms of like interacting with us mm-hmm. that's a good place to reach out or you can email us at baseballgregband at gmail.com uh and all our music's on like all of the streaming platforms for sure and on Bandcamp, we have like vinyls and tapes and cassettes and we actually just put out a little book if yeah. you but there's very few copies left yeah i saw that it was like almost sold out yeah i just talked to luca there's like five left that's and i was awesome. like you have to save me one because i still haven't <laughs> seen it <laughs> that's so cool Awesome. Well, Sam, dude, cool. thanks again for the yeah, conversation. Thanks so much, Andrew. We'll, uh, we'll stop this recording and then set up some other microphones. Dope. Cool. Uh, this song is called Sad Sandra. I 
sad Sandra and you know why I won't see our daughter high When she'll come home drunk at midnight Spewing joy for her pride We will stare ourselves and worry Checking the clock twice and scurry To the door as soon as we hear The sound of keys falling to the ground I'm sad Sandra and you know why But I've decided to lie I won't tell you how I'll miss The scent of your hair when I kiss you Disappear as a burning leaf We're smoking some kind of relief But in my mind I'm still afraid I don't want to die now Cause if I die, I die alone Ascending like a drown Last insulin shock This life turned out to be futile My body feels so stupid Don't forget me as I go with the flow I'm shooting my last free throw Cause if I die, I die alone Ascending like a drone This song is called Pleasure and Pain.
not good for me. Yeah. Sure. 